I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host. And on this episode, we have got a lot of news. And I say that with some surprise in my voice, because honestly, when, when I was going through the news, I was like, there's nothing here to talk about. Turns out there's, a, there's quite a bit to talk about. Uh, before we get to our news, however, one of the folks in our community just released a new album, music album. And that person is Howard Yermish. Howard's been on the show before. He's a lovely and sweet human being. I actually think Howard should be doing this podcast and I should be listening to him because he's so much better at it than I am. But that's just that's just me. So Howard has a a new album. It's called The Piano Inside My Brain. It is, I'm going to put a link in the show notes, but it's on Spotify and Apple TV, or Apple Music, excuse me. And I'm going back, there's, I want to make sure I get the right number of tracks. Yeah, there's six tracks. And I would describe this as meditative slash experimental. And if you listen to the music, the album, and you enjoy it, and you want to buy it and own it and support Howard, you can go to Bandcamp. I'll put a link in the show notes. So Howard did not ask me to do this. He has no idea that I'm mentioning this. I truly believe in supporting our community members and, you know, highlighting them whenever possible. And Howard's been a good friend of the show, and I would like to be a good friend back to Howard. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our news. Zeker has filed for a IPO on the New York Stock Exchange, the initial public offering. Their ticker symbol will be dollar sign ZK, but you can't buy the stock right now. It's, there's going to be a little bit of time before the stock is actually listed on the stock exchange, but we'll keep an eye on it for sure. Recently, NEO said that they had plans on entering the U.S. market by 2025, and it may not be 2025 after all. Apparently, NEO needs some help implementing the necessary infrastructure, and it's looking for partners before coming to the U.S. Now, what does that mean, help on implementing the necessary infrastructure? 
Does it mean maintenance facilities, showrooms, battery swap stations, public charging, delivery centers, manufacturing maybe? Well, the short answer is we don't know. Neo hasn't provided any more color on this, but I'm sure over the next couple of months and into 2024, we'll hear more about that if they are, in fact, serious on getting into the North America market by 2025. We've heard other EV automakers say that they're going to be scaling back production and deliveries. Well, not Volkswagen. In fact, Volkswagen is planning on building a sub $35,000 car for the North American market. Now, we don't know where they're going to manufacture this vehicle. It could be Chattanooga, Tennessee, Puebla, Mexico, or South Carolina, which is where VW's subsidiary or Volkswagen Group's subsidiary, Scout EV, will be building their vehicle. What we do know is wherever they build this vehicle, they want it to qualify for the IRA tax credits that that the U.S. government has. Now, even though that Volkswagen says, hey, we're full steam ahead on electric vehicles, There is talk of them laying off about 2,000 employees from their software division. And it's looking like in the coming months, they're going to have to lay off 20,000 employees across Volkswagen. I don't know if that's across Volkswagen Group or just Volkswagen, the company. But in either case, uh, that seems like full steam ahead, but they're definitely adjusting uh, for what's to come, I think. Uh, let's see. Macroeconomic factors is what everybody keeps saying, blaming. One more VW story before we move on. Ford, which is not Volkswagen, but Ford has been testing their new crossover EV, the Ford Capri, which is built on VW's MEB platform, which is their electric vehicle platform. The vehicle is expected to be released in 2024. We don't have any idea what this vehicle looks like because all of the pictures show it in camouflage, and it's very difficult to get a good idea as to what the vehicle is going to look like. But my thought when I first read this article is I wonder if it's going to be built on Volkswagen's new MEB platform or if it'll be built on their existing MEB platform. Like, did Volkswagen give Ford the good technology or did they give them the old technology? When I say give, I mean sold. Let's see, Volvo Group has acquired electric bus company Proterra in August 2023. Proterra Proterra filed for bankruptcy. I actually missed that. I, I didn't know that. If I reported it here, I don't remember that I did. Now, I do want to d- d- make a distinction here. Volvo Group is not the same as Volvo Cars. Geely, a Chinese automaker, makes Volvo vehicles. Uh, Volvo Group does more industrial commercial type stuff like trucks, buses, construction, marine energy solutions, autonomous driving solutions, financial services. Although Geely does own 8% of Volvo Group, it's it's not quite the same thing. But this is good news because it looks like Proterra, or at least the technology that's going into Proterra buses, will remain alive. Chrysler CEO Christine Fuel says the next new Chrysler model will be a electric crossover inspired by the Chrysler Airflow concept car. And to me, I thought that the 
uh, Chrysler Airflow, which is again a concept. So what we end up with will look very different than than the concept. But to me, this vehicle looked like a cross between a Polestar and a Chevy sedan, which may, based on that subscription, may turn off a lot of you because you know uh, Polestar is a nice looking car. Chevy sedans don't. I they don't they don't uh, they don't get me all excited about owning one. But if we're just basing this on the look of the airflow, it actually looks quite nice. So here's what we know about the car. It'll be a two-row EV crossover. It'll be released in 2025. It'll be based on the S, the Stella, S-T-L-A, large platform. And it may be uh, built on a 400 or 800-volt architecture, So, uh, which seems like it, it would be because that's where everybody's going. And if you're going to make a new car, would you build it on old architecture that nobody's using anymore? So I'm looking forward to seeing it. They made a few other claims, but that's all likely to change as far as features go. So we'll just keep an eye on it as we go forward. Stellantis and GM have invested in Nyron Magnetics. Nyron Magnetics is working on new technology to develop a clean earth magnet, which is based on iron nitride, iron nitride. And these new clean earth magnets will not include any rare earth metals, so it's better for the environment. This company was spun out of the University of Minnesota to eliminate environmentally destructive rare earth mining by replacing rare materials with more environmentally environmentally friendlier alternatives, which gets us the clean earth magnet. The problems are... The rare earth magnets are labor-intensive to get them out of the ground. They cost a lot of money. There's some supply chain instability. And again, like we mentioned before, it's harmful uh, to the environment to do all that stuff. So these new clean earth magnets can go into things like speakers or consumer appliances that need compressors, fans, and motors. It could also be used in HVAC systems, power tools, there's industrial uses, wind turbines could use these batteries, and then, of course, what's relevant to this show is automotive. There are hundreds of permanent magnets on every vehicle. So with EVs, obviously EV motors, you use these magnets, Nyron Magnetics estimates that they'll be able to save about half the cost of uh, clean earth magnets when you compare them to the cost of rare earth magnets. So pretty cool. Uh, I thought this was a really interesting story. All right, we have one last thing to talk about in our EV news segment here. We're going to talk about GM Cruise and their autonomous vehicles there has been a fair amount of negative press when it comes to Cruise. CEO Kyle Voigt uh, gave us a little bit more information on the Cruise project. Now, this was recorded from a staff meeting. This was not given to the press. So, And I think Forbes was the one that got the scoop on this. So lately, I don't know if you've noticed, but Cruise has received some negative press. Uh, there were some incidents where... There was an incident where a cruise vehicle was blocking an ambulance that was trying to leave the scene with a patient. Um, the cruise algorithm has or may have a hard time identifying children. Um, there was a festival in San Francisco where there was a lot of people with cell phones and the cruise vehicles just kind of panicked and froze up. 
And then there was an accident where a pedestrian was hit by a non-cruise vehicle and then landed in front of a cruise vehicle. The cruise vehicle ran that pedestrian over and then drugged them. Uh, the reason why they, the, the pedestrian was drugged underneath the car was because when there's an accident, the cruise vehicles are um, programmed to move to the right Unfortunately, because there was somebody underneath the vehicle that drove, drove the, the patient. I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit from the article that I pulled this from. This is a Clean Technica article, and the author is Jennifer Sensaba, which actually I, I use her quite a bit for source material. So you should go and read her for sure and follow her on Twitter. All right. So the driver who initially struck the pedestrian fled the scene leaving Cruz basically holding the bag. The vehicle detected a collision and stopped, but initiated a safety maneuver meant to move the vehicle safely to the side of the road, unwittingly dragging the victim of the crash along for about 20 feet. So as you can imagine, being the victim in this situation, that's horrifying. Uh, anybody who was seeing this is traumatized. That's That's horrifying to watch. The whole situation is bad, right? The initial accident, not Cruz's fault, but what happened after that, Cruz does bear responsibility for. The California Department of Motor Vehicles is accusing Cruz of omitting and misrepresenting certain details of the accident. Cruz says that they have or will update uh, the software so that this doesn't happen in the future. They actually did a recall, but it's over-the-air update. We'll, we'll see what happens. And there's more updates to come in this regard. So this is awful and a really good example of why these vehicles, at the bare minimum, need somebody monitoring them inside the car, whether that is in, they're in the passenger seat and they can just hit a button to stop everything or to safely pull over, or if there's somebody in the driver's seat. Like, I understand what they're trying to do, but in places like San Francisco or L.A., it is a lot more complicated to drive than places like, you know, Gilbert, Arizona or Chandler, Arizona. Like where I live, there's not a lot of pedestrians. We have nice wide streets and, you know, it's relatively easy to get around here. It's not that way in San Francisco, which I've been to many times. It's uh, San Francisco has tons of pedestrians, depending on where you are. Um, and then, you know, you look at L.A. and that <laughs> L.A. is just awful, depending on the time of day in terms of traffic. So it makes sense in those places that are more challenging. Why wouldn't you have somebody in the vehicle? Now, I will say that Cruz does have this um, remote assistance so that a if there's an issue, a um, assistant can come on and take control of the vehicle and make sure that, you know, any sort of problem that comes up that the car can't handle, we overcome that obstacle. The New York's the New York Times had an article that said that cruise vehicles needed human assistance every two and a half to five miles. Cruise actually says that it's closer to four to five miles, and it's the problem is often resolved before the remote assistance link is established, and the human just needs to confirm that everything's okay. So that's great, right? The car figures it out, or maybe somebody stopped hard in the middle of the street and they got out of the way, or maybe you know 
a dog ran out in front of the car and then ran away. And the human just needs to make sure everything's okay. Great. Cruise autonomous vehicles require help from humans about every, you know, between two and 4% of the time on average. And I'd really like to know what those numbers look like in each of the places that Cruise operates. Like how many times does it require human intervention in Austin versus Phoenix versus San Francisco versus LA? Because if we're averaging that out, I'm sure that the area that I live in, because it's like I said, it's very easy to drive around here, is dragging that average way down compared to San Francisco, which is extremely difficult even for a human to drive in. But in any case, whenever the humans have to interact, Kyle Voigt, the CEO, said that things are resolved very quickly. And also, I'd like to know what happened when things could not be resolved. But we're not getting that information. Uh, Back to the state of California. The state of California has suspended Cruz's driverless permit. Cruz has also paused operations on all of their test locations or in all of their test locations. And uh, as if that wasn't enough, Cruz is laying off staff after posting a $732 million loss this quarter. Employees were notified that layoffs are coming, but they won't occur for a few more weeks. Do you think that makes you an employee that's really going to work hard? Or do you think that sucks all your motivation out because you're going to be gone in three weeks? There are plans to replace the Chevy Bolts that the GM uses or the Cruise Cruise division uses for autonomous vehicles but that's that is on hold we talked in a recent episode about cruise launching autonomous vehicles in japan in 2026 and the goal was to launch with the cruise origin which looks like a cross between a minivan and a living room uh the doors open up minivan style or bus style you go and you sit on a bench seat there's two bench seats they face each other And uh, there's probably some awkward conversation or awkward looks in that minivan. And God forbid, if you're the unlucky person that has to sit in the middle of two people you don't know on that bench seat. The Origin does not have a driver's seat. It does not have a steering wheel. It is fully autonomous. As of right now, that project is on hold. Now, Kyle Voigt, the CEO again, did say that a lot of this stuff is in flux. They're not canceling the project or any of the projects for that matter. Just right now they have a, they're pausing everything. So we'll see what happens with Cruise. Do you think Cruise is not long for this world? Or do you think that they're just going to retool some things and come back bitter, bigger, better, and stronger? And real quick, there is a difference between GM self-driving efforts for consumers, which is called Super Cruise, and Cruise the Division, which is autonomous vehicles replacing taxis and buses and things like that. So if you feel like emailing in, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com, and let me know your thoughts. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. All right, this is normally where I would do our Patreon plug. And instead of doing a Patreon plug, I want you to all go check out Howard's new album, the piano in my brain. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes for everybody. All right, let's move on to our Tesla news. Up first, we got a potential Cybertruck spec leak, but honestly, I don't think the leak gives us that much information. It gives us things like how long is it in inches? Um, the size of the cab, how wide is it, how tall is it, that kind of stuff. It doesn't give us any information in terms of uh, range or what the dual motor is going to cost versus the tri-motor versus the quad motor. It doesn't give us any of that information. So if you are interested in, in looking at these specs, I'll put a link in the show notes. But otherwise, I, I don't think it's much to talk about. A few weeks ago, we talked about Tesla holding a lottery for Cybertruck invites. And in order to participate in this lottery, you had to be a shareholder. Well, according to Martin Viega, who is the investor relations uh, person at Tesla, he has a, it's not his title, but that's all I can remember. Um, They've completed the lottery. They're, they're, you know, getting ready to send out invites. No one knows who got invited yet. But if you get invited, dear listener, and you would like to take me as your date, I will buy your dinner. But that's it because I'm very old fashioned. Don't, don't expect a lot. I'll buy you uh, maybe an alcoholic drink, go to a nice dinner, go to the event. But then that's it. I am a gentleman. A UK owner sued Tesla for failing to meet their full self-driving claims. This is what the owner, who is named Ed Butler, this is what he had to say. My view was that Tesla had failed to deliver on the contract with how they described full self-driving at the time. Now, Ed, he bought a Model 3 in 2019. Ed is claiming that Tesla has not fulfilled their side of the 
of the promise, and therefore they're in breach of contract. He was suing them for 5,800 pounds, because it's in the UK, which is about 7,100 US dollars. And that's about what he paid for full self-driving plus interest and other costs. Prior to going to court, though, Tesla contacted Ed and or Butler or Ed Butler and offered to settle the case. Butler got £8,000 or $9,800 US, $9,800, and Tesla removed full self-driving from his vehicle. And this is what he had to say. The money wasn't important to me. I felt they conned me, and I wanted them to do the right thing and put it right. It sounds like Tesla wanted him to sign a confidentiality clause. And he was like, nope, money's not important to me. (laughs) I'm not going to sign that. So he's able to, you know, tell other people what his experience was. And then people can form their own views. Now, what I think is interesting is that before, you know, this gentleman was going to sue them, before they went to court, Tesla said, okay, let's settle, gave him some some money to reimburse him for full self-driving, gave him a little bit extra, and then said, sign this clause. And he said, no, I'm not going to do that. But I wonder how many people have sued Tesla because full self-driving wasn't what was promised, got their money, and then because they signed a confidentiality clause, they just stayed quiet about it instead of talking about it. Interesting. Not that long ago, I think it was in Italy, somebody had sued Tesla because full self-driving did not live up to what they felt Tesla's promises were, and they won. Um, I wonder, I'm just really curious how how often this actually happens now. I should get full self-driving and then sue Tesla. I'll wait till full self-driving comes down to, you know, like 50 bucks before I do that, though. Moving on, though. We're going to talk about unions and whether you like unions or not, uh, you've benefited from what unions have negotiated for union employees. Um, and it's just a fact, you know, eight hour work days. I can go on and on and on. I won't because this isn't a pro union podcast, even though your host is pro union. Honda and Toyota auto workers who are not union. But they will be getting pay raises after big three automakers and their respective unions signed their new contracts. At Toyota, employees are going to get a 9.2% raise immediately. Now, that's not as good as what the the big three unions, um, what they got. But still, I don't know too many people who are going to balk at 9.2% raise. Now, at Honda, the base pay will be increased by 11%. And then for everybody else, it sounds like it's going to take less time for them to top out to max wages. Honda also included free childcare, student loan programs, and more that we won't talk about here. But Honda says that they perform continuous reviews of the auto auto industry and ensure that their pay and benefits are competitive with the industry. So um, that's awesome. Now, I told you that story so I could tell you this one. Tesla is still refusing to sign the Tesla Service Workers Collective Bargaining Agreement that we talked about last week. As a result, the Tesla Service Workers, who belong to the IF Metal Union, worked walked out on seven different Tesla workshops, or workshops where Teslas are serviced. 
I mentioned last week that dock workers were refusing to unload ships with Teslas on them. This is in solidarity to the IF metal workers. We have some more unions that are standing in solidarity of their brothers and sisters. The Painters Union said that 53 painting companies would not do any work on Teslas if the agreement is not assigned or if the agreement is not signed by Tuesday. I'm not sure which Tuesday they're talking about. The Real Estate Employees Union has said that they'll stop cleaning Tesla's premises. The Swedish Union for Service and Communication will halt shipments to Tesla if the agreement isn't signed by November 20th. The union head said this, Tesla is refusing to comply with the rules of the game here in Sweden. And she added that it's completely unacceptable. So here's a little bit more of her statement. By refusing to comply with the rules of the game here in Sweden, Tesla is trying to gain competitive advantages by giving the workers worse wages and conditions than they would have with a collective bargaining agreement. About 109 different companies could be prevented from handling and uh, painting Teslas as a result of Tesla not signing this collective bargaining agreement. Former Swedish Swedish Prime Minister Stefan Lufven encouraged Swedes not to purchase Teslas until the agreement is actually signed. He said this, shame on you, Tesla, shame on you. We don't want a model where some company comes in, uh, excuse me, we don't want a model where some companies compete with other serious employers by offering employees worse, worse conditions than they would have received with a collective bargaining agreement. The Tesla service workers are asking for consumers' understanding. They said that we are not doing this, or we are doing this for the sake of our members to ensure that they have safe working conditions. Something similar happened in 1995 with Toys R Us, and it went so bad for Toys R Us, there was an all-in-all-out boycott. Uh, Toys R Us just ended up signing the contract. Now, last week when we talked about this, I mentioned that a large portion of Sweden is made up of union members. And for those folks who are not union, they benefit from those collective bargaining agreements. And because such a large percentage of the company is union or country is union, that you probably have a very close relative that is currently a union member. So, you get a little bit of pressure if you are actively going against the union, right? But not everybody is happy. Some Tesla customers have criticized IF Metal, the IF Metal Union. Tesla Owners Club Sweden president said, and I can't pronounce his name, so I'm just going to say the Tesla Owners Club Sweden president said this, the strike is affecting Tesla vehicle owners the most. Some people are waiting for their cars to be delivered. Others are waiting for their vehicle to be fixed. One Tesla owner in Sweden had this to say, I accidentally hit a large rock in a parking lot, damaging the metal plates underneath the right-hand door on July 1st. I scheduled my car for repairs at uh, Worksta on October 30th. I drove my car to the repair shop and completed the necessary documentation to proceed with the repairs. However, later that evening, I received a call informing me that I needed to retrieve my car. Workstra had decided to join the strike and would not be repairing any Tesla vehicles. 
this situation is incredibly unfortunate. I attempted to reach out to the Tesla team, but they closed my case, stating there was nothing that they can do. The Model 3 owner told Tesla Roddy. And finally, we have this statement from the IF Metal Union. It's sad. People will certainly be angry with us. Sure, from Tesla, too. But the best way to take care of your customers is to write a collective bargaining to write a collective bargaining agreement and not to say no like a petulant child without stating what's wrong with the agreement. You know, there are, I think a good example of this is you don't go to somebody's house and tell them where they're going to put their dinner table and their couch and how they're going to decorate and what they're going to do in their own house. If you did that, everybody would think you were absolutely crazy. You could make suggestions. You could say, hey, you know that dinner table that you have in your bathroom? That would look really great in your dining room. That That's a, that's a good way to handle that. Rather than going in and saying, hey, um, moron, that... <laughs> that dinner table in your bathroom. You sure you want it there? Why not just put it in your dining room? Uh, there, there's ways to go about this is what, is what I'm saying. And if you're going to operate in a country, you need to abide by the laws and customs of that country. When Tesla is operating in China, they have to do things that I'm sure that they have to hold their nose on and say, we don't really like doing this. But we want to sell our cars in China. And, you know, there's all sorts of other advantages that they're willing to hold their nose on uh, that that this the country of China does that Tesla is just going to, you know, turn a blind eye to when you go to Sweden. And if most of the workers are benefit from a working uh, from a collective bargaining agreement, whether they're union or not, then you should probably get on board and if you don't want to get on board, then stop doing business in that country. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. I don't know what we're going to cover on Tuesday. It might be Rivian, might be Fisker. I'll have to listen to those earnings calls before I decide which one we're going to do. But as soon as I get done with this podcast, I'm going to start uh, listening to those earnings calls so we can start doing the next podcast. So I hope everyone has... A wonderful weekend. I hope you had a wonderful week. And uh, if you live in Alaska, like all of my family does, I hope you have a snowplow and a snow shovel and snow tires. And uh, yeah, they got a lot of snow. That's what I'm saying. My family got a lot of snow um, and, and everybody that lives in those areas in Alaska as well. All right. If you got a lot of snow, let me know. Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Hope you all have a wonderful week again. I am terrible at signing off. So let's just say adieu. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. 
Learn more at byheart.com.